Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, and hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your host, your bartender, mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And yes, we are back in the studio. We're so happy. We actually have remodeled the studio. So what do you guys think? I know we haven't introduced you guys yet, but we will in a second here. So what's your consensus on the studio? I think you've been busy during COVID. <laughs> it, it looks great. It's very roomy. Very roomy, yes. yes. Uh, tropical, because we put some pictures up, some plants, and uh, some lighting. And we're actually able to social distance in this very That's roomy That's right. Room. That's right. So, the voices that you hear, let's break them down. Paula is on yes. one microphone. There we go. How are you doing, Paula? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. She's the uh, stay-at-home mom that's uh, just enjoying the whole new experience of having a baby. Oh, yes. I'm loving it. Yes. Loving it. Yes. What, what did you say I was? The, the Tiki Rookie? Tiki Rookie. Okay. So, yes. there. So, she like is that. the Tiki Rookie. I am. There we go. She's asking the questions that you guys out there want to ask. Yes. And the on the other side of the page or the other side of the table. Okay. Your other channel. And the other channel. Yeah. Well, you know, in my ear anyway. Uh, anyway so, <laughs> is our... Tiki expert Mark, who's been to over sixty plus tiki events or bars. Yeah, hi. Mm. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. He's about uh, three drinks in, so he's doing good. He's not driving today, so Paula did the voluntary uh, Uber. He, you know, she's like the Uber driver today. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> Mark li- lives exactly in between me and you. Yeah, I know. So, so I, love the, I love the conversation today. Okay, well, I can take myself there. No, well, I really want to plan on picking you up. Okay, well, if you want to pick me up, that's fine. <laughs> no, because he first he first says, yeah. I-, I can bring myself there. And I'm like, okay, I guess he didn't like my driving, right? Like, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. sure. And then, okay. and then, you know, like, Paul's like, and then Mark's like, well, if you were going to pick me up, then fine. I'm gonna, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I-, I was already planning on picking uh, you up. I, yeah, I, I got no problem with that. I just, you know, you have issues with, crying whining and all that kind of stuff and your problems with a baby too <laughs> so what the driving is like therapy for her <laughs> i love driving yeah me too I well, no, you just don't know if things are you know with the baby's last minute and that kind of stuff yeah but yeah I, as i said i don't want to assume yeah because like obviously no one's picking me up because i live in the literal opposite side of the city that's right you live where the deer live yeah right? the deer and the coyotes and all those guys and you live where the bunnies live that's where the bunnies live that's right yeah. and then uh mark downtown is like where the rats are that's yeah right. he's right in between <laughs> like we're breeding them now that's right <laughs> we had a really beautiful one the other day it was gorgeous a rat yeah it was gorgeous like this brown and white kind of it looked wow. like one you'd buy in like a pet store are you favorable to um mouse traps or unfavorable Oh no, poison. <laughs> he goes right for poison. Because here's what happened to us the other day. <laughs> oh, we're going to hear it now. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cute, um, short, but sweet story. Yes. Not sweet at all. But So I've been uh, hearing something walking on top of my head in, in my bedroom. Right, on the roof. Uh, yeah, 
well, on the ceiling somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But there is a bedroom on top of my bedroom. It's like, like okay, wait a minute, who's walking? Exactly, but I can hear right little noises. Footsteps. Yeah. So, so I asked Justin. So we have a door to the ceiling <laughs> inside. Hatch. Yeah, a hatch, a hatch, a hatch inside uh, our walk-in closet. Yes. And I told Justin, I'm like, honey, why don't you, you know, put something up there? You know, like yeah. maybe it's another Harry. Which was that uh, mink we had in in the garage last winter? I remember that. Yes. So he's like, "Oh, good idea." So he gets the the ladder and he puts up there the cage. Yes. Where we captured Harry. Yeah. And he puts a couple mouse traps, right? And yeah. he puts the camera. He puts a little camera that is usually our front door camera. Yeah. That will alert us if there's movement. Right. Right. So so we are actually watching in HD quality. <laughs> <laughs> Five different mice. Oh get my god, that's hilarious! In, in the traps that he put up there, I just love that it's an HD quality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. nothing says you know like a mouse trap than HD quality. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you see the mouse come up to the camera and sniff it up and whatever, like right before dying. Like, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> like I kind of watched his last moments. <laughs> oh, it's super oh. sad. Yeah. Anyway, on that note. What Let's are we talking to about today? Yeah, so we're going to talk about Sidecar Cocktail, which is a drink that was created during Prohibition. Sidecar, not sidetrack, which is usually what we do. That's right. We're not sidetracking this sidecar. Ooh, da-dun-dun. <laughs> yes. Sidecar? Why is it called a sidecar? All right, so let's give you the story, the breakdown of it. Uh, so the story is that American Army captains would actually would travel to the bar in a sidecar of a friend's motorcycle. So yes, if you try to figure out, okay, what exactly do you mean by that, Craig, is that if you look at a motorcycle, sometimes there is a little kind of like, I'd say a personal cargo attachment that you can attach to your motorcycle for a passenger. Yeah. Right. Uh, we've seen it in Indiana Jones. We saw it in Batman and Robin. Uh, we've seen it in all kinds of movies or shows or even TV, even uh, there's a book you were mentioning on the- Tin Tin. Tin Tin had a sidecar for the motorcycle. And uh, sidecar motorcycle racing is amazing to watch, especially live, because mm-hmm. they have the guy called the monkey that goes back and forth so they can lean into the turns. So uh-huh. he's like way over the side of the sidecar. He's and, like hanging out. And then, he, and then they turn the other way and he goes, and he's on the back of the motorcycle uh, driver. <laughs> oh, oh, it's geez. amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to watch they're, one they're, of those. Oh, 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 God. These guys are just like, that's another level. Another level of danger right there. So the reason why is because what they would do is they would go to have a drink before dinner and they wanted something warm because it was cold. They were in Europe, right? This is obviously during World War I and World War II. And so cognac actually was kind of the immediate suggestion, but the problem is, is that cognac is a more for after dinner. Mm. Something you have in a brandy sniffner, like with brandy or cognac, or uh, so it's a dessert, boost. more of a dessert liqueur or liquor than actually a before dinner thing. I see, or aperitif, yeah. which is something you have before dinner. Yes. So anyways, what it is that obviously they couldn't give them just the cognac, so they created this drink sort of replace the uh, cognac that they were wanted to drink. So, what's the origin of this drink? Like, where did it come from? Okay, so let's go through uh, the origin of this drink. So the cocktail has multiple stories as its origin, just like tiki drinks do. And the one we're going to go by is at the Ritz Hotel in Paris that claimed to make the original drink. The first recipe of the sidecar appears in 1922 in Harry McElhoney's Harry's ABC of Mixing Cocktails book or Robert Vermeer's Cocktail and How to Mix. So that's another book that it would show up in 1922. So Harry McElhoney. Yes. That doesn't sound like a Parisian name. Exactly. So actually, he was born in Scotland. Then he moved to New York, 
So just like typically back then, you're right, the migration to New York to, you know, to the land of hope and dreams, right? That's where we want to go. And then he actually ended up working in Paris. Which, in my humble opinion, is way better. But, you know, <laughs> it's, that's it's, just my humble opinion. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you end up in Paris. Because he's been to both. He's been to, been to both, right? Oh, of course. But if yeah. you, you end up in Paris and you're aiming New York, I would humbly, I would prefer. Paris. My humble opinion. Exactly, Paris. I've never been to Paris. I've never... I like New York, but yeah. Paris really is fantastic. So, okay, hands up. Who's been to Paris? You've been to Paris, Paula? Yes, been, you've never been to Paris? Negative. Negative. Yeah, me too. I want to go. No, no. It's like, no, I'm just saying, it's like, it's one of those places that, yeah, it's on the, the bucket list, right? You should, because it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's worth going to. Well, I think the thing in Europe is really cool is that there's a lot of, like, example, in North America, the biggest history we have is, they say, is like 300 years. Yeah. Okay, let's just ballpark it. Three, 400 years. Yeah. In Europe, you go to Europe and you see things that are like a thousand years old. Yeah. Like, there's so much historical uh, Even architecture more. and just culture there. Yeah. Right? So it's mind blowing. I agree. There's exactly. a really, really good tiki bar in Paris, too. <laughs> Mark would know. So, see, that could be a next Mark adventure. Yeah. See, we, that's exactly the reason. Okay, I know there's a tiki bar there. And it's a place I would want to go. And it's a place I would want to go. I just want to so, let you know, Mark, that it's not going to be expensive by Tiki Central Canada. Okay. No problem. <laughs> So, it's Mark, okay. here's my question we'll, we'll, to you. We'll though. underwrite it. Yeah, yeah, it's How okay. do you know that there's a, a fantastic tiki bar there? Because I've met the owner. Ah. And, I, and I've had uh, had a course taught by him, and I've had a few drinks with him as well. I see. And where was that? Uh, that was in, I was actually in uh, Fort Lauderdale, but I met mm. him and talked to him. Yeah, his, nice. bar, his bar is called Dirty Dicks. <laughs> no, no pun intended. C'est no. vrai? Yeah, c'est vrai. <laughs> it used to be a place for, of ill repute, huh? right? Huh. And, and he had, didn't have the heart to change the name. I see. I would keep the name too. That's pretty cool. That's a cool dicks? name. Yeah. There's no way you can forget that one. There's, yeah. there's no way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, I will I will definitely look it up if I'm yeah. in Dirty Paris dicks. again. Yeah. Ever. yeah. Scotty's an amazing guy. He's a, Scotty. He, yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll go looking He's for He's like an encyclopedia. Scotty. He just remembers everything. I it's know. insane. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I have this uncanny ability not to forget things when I'm stinking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> You I can definitely see don't have Alzheimer's, do you? I can not see yet. that. And if he does, he's just going to keep drinking. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a cure. I think rum is the cure-all. Because here's the thing. If he if he gets Alzheimer's, yeah. he, he he will drink to forget that he has it. That's oh. right. <laughs> oh, no. What a what a, what Those a are two, but like Mark Adventures won't happen anymore. He's like, okay, let me think. Craig, um... <laughs> Maybe it's, you should a start. Bar. You should um, write a book right now. That's right. With everything that you already did. Okay. Because you, you know, might forget. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. We don't know no. what tomorrow will bring. Is that a song? No. Oh, it should be. Maybe. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so why did he move to Paris, France um, after going to the States? Did he not like it? So what it is is that the answer to that question is very easy. So in the United States, prohibition kicked in around 1920s. Uh-huh. Yes. So what happened is that all the bartenders that we know at that time, uh, whilst they were not employed anymore, they weren't working anymore. So what they did was they would go over to Europe and work there, or they would go down to the Caribbean and work there. And so a lot of the professional bartenders that we know 
at that time, this is what they did: they would migrate to flee either flee the country, flee the country into other uh, regions of the world. I see, which actually was great because then all of a sudden, you now you have a bartender that's working with ingredients that he's never worked with before. Yeah, and creating new things. So, example like the sidecar. So, sidecar actually has ingredients that are basically based out of France. He would never would have had experience or any a chance of working with these ingredients in the states but because we're talking about prohibition during the show this kind of the theme of the show because prohibition actually just went by in january 20th uh i know it's way back in a few months but every year we always do a prohibition show and so the reason why i also thought about prohibition for this show is because we're just coming out of lockdown and covid so next show we should probably do communism <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go all the way around the political spectrum there. Uh, so I thought because of because basically because of coming out of lockdown, it's almost like we were on our own prohibition. We were basically we were, being, we were being restricted. We couldn't go to bars. We were not allowed to drink in public. Uh, also, two groups we were restricted to how many people could be in our group, or, or they had to be from our own family. People, people, um, people lining up for food, not allowed to leave food. the country. Right. So we saw a lot of restrictions. And so Comrade. that it was kind Comrade. of it's kind of the same thing as prohibition was. Were a lot of restrictions and also a lot of people breaking the rules that would normally would not break the law, right? Because back then Wait. Breaking the law. Breaking, breaking the, the law. law. Breaking the law. Right? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. For all you heavy metal fans out there. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what is that? What are they singing? That's Judas Priest. Interesting, my friend. Yes, very interesting. So with that in mind, I am now very interested to know what's in this non-tiki drink. Yes. Uh, so the answer is, uh, just like everything else we've had before in the show, there's lots of recipes for the same name, right? The Mai Tai, the zombie, whatever. My pet peeve. Yes, I know. So it's the same as this one now. So the difference on this one, though, is that it's the same name. But the same ingredients. It's the ratio of the ingredients that I see is uh -huh. the variance. See, so I think that that's more valid. Right. Otherwise, than you're changing just changing all the damn ingredients. If they were to do like a mai tai, every single place uses the same exact ingredients. But just changes the ratio. And changes the ratio. I can understand that how that's still mai tai, right? It's the same right. as the hamburger. Everyone does it differently. Yes. But theoretically, it's the same cheeseburger, like bread, cheese, bun. Yes. No, bun, bun, cheese, well, patty, right? Doesn't matter the order. Yeah. yeah don't be a Sheldon. Okay? You can put you can put more <laughs> more cheese. cheese or more more patty or medium rare or more cooked or it's a still kind of, a cheeseburger or a different kind of bun. Exactly yeah. with a different kind of bun, but the ingredients are still the same. What I think what bugs me is that they change the damn ingredients and then they say it's the same drink. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the difference in there. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So we're going to give you guys a very simple recipe, and it is a very simple recipe. It's only three ingredients. So it's going to be two ounces of cognac. Aha, uh -huh, so that's what it was. Right off the bat. So that actually is a French brandy, or they call it a distilled wine. It's kind of sweeter than whiskey would be, which I think Mark talked about when we're talking about the show. He said that he drank a sidecar, but it was whiskey that you had in yours that you had before, right? Yes. Yes. And it was, it uh, tasted strong. Yes. Right, as opposed to this one, which did not. This exactly. one actually was, I did not pucker face it at all. Exactly. I liked it. It wasn't kind of booze forward. Even though it's mostly booze, it wasn't booze forward. I, I would not probably be able to drink a whole one yes. because um, I would probably fall. But <laughs> and, and she's driving. And I'm also driving, <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm yeah. being responsible. There you go. But like, it was definitely drinkable for, for my personal taste exactly. right she actually went in for a second sip we're like oh, she's going in for a second sip yeah everyone wow. was shocked 
But still, like, I thought that the first sip was too little for me to actually, because yeah. I was scared of it. it it's a, it's a scary, it's intimidating, the drink. Yeah, because it's in a coupe glass, right? It looks 100% booze, right? Yeah, so. it's true. Pretty close. So I was like, yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> it's it, yeah. See, like, yeah. it's like, uh, what's that transparent one that has the olive in? Oh, like mar- martini. Yeah. That, to me, is super intimidating because I feel like it's just booze. Yeah, because you look at it going, that's just booze. Yeah, because it's transparent. Yeah. Like, that means it looks like nothing was mixed into that. Exactly. There's no Is mixers. anything mixed in that? Well, let's go through it. No, no, martini, I mean. No, so it's basically just straight booze. Exactly. So that intimidates me. Yeah. And when it's even, like, it's a brown drink. Yeah. But it's that, you know, transparent brown that is booze color. Yes. That intimidates me. Yeah. So, so in other words, if it's that a tropical color, yeah. you're like, okay, it's, yeah. It's I went for sure. a super tiny sip because I was like, I'm going to fall over with a sip. <laughs> She's going to do the pucker face. But then the, the t- it tasted really good. And I was like, okay, I want to have a sip. second sip. Okay, there we go. That's why I went in for the second Exactly. Sip. Okay, cool. So the other ingredients are in here are the one ounce of Cointreau, which is an orange liqueur. And again, that's another ingredient from France. Uh, if you don't have Quattro, yes, you can use triple sec. Yes, you can use other orange liqueurs. Uh, sure, Mark's going to tell you that if you use Grand Marnier, it's going to even get even sweeter. Yeah. Right? right? So probably try not to do that. Quattro is just a little more pricier, but it's well worth it. It's more refined than triple sec, I find. I'm certain. I'm sure Curacao would work. Orange Curacao. Yeah, Maybe. orange Curacao. Exactly. Wouldn't be as sweet. Yep, but it would work. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that blue Curacao would work? <laughs> Oh, that she, would be she a loves color. changing the yeah, colors. Yeah, it would look it. like poo as per usual. But <laughs> what I mean is, like taste wise. Yeah, it would. T- it would, t- it would t- taste t- the same. It would taste the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. There answers the question of the blue carousel, which we always ask every single show. Uh, it's not my fault that you put orange <laughs> booze in every single show. I I don't know what to tell you. Is it I, my fault? <laughs> it's not my fault. I didn't make up the recipes. Though. I don't think I mean, it's your fault. It's not my fault because I didn't make up the recipes. Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, half ounce of lemon juice. And I did use actually freshly squeezed lemon juice. And I do recommend that. You can use that artificial like lemon juice I've mentioned before. like It's called real lemon juice. Um, that's more if you're pumping out a whole bunch of drinks at once. But if you're just by yourself and you're just having a sidecar with you after work or whatever, just squeeze out a half lemon and you're good I to go. I love how he's like, you can also use... Um... That artificial one that I told you before, it called real lemon. <laughs> it's just called though. It's actually called real lemon juice, and it's still artificial. Yeah, it's artificial, even though it's yeah. called real yeah, lemon. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, not, it's like I think it's like eighty percent real, and then there's like other stuff added to it. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's not real. It's not real. Real lemon. So juice. they're lying to us. They're lying I'm to us on the sue li- them. Real, no, right in the bottle. Yeah. It's lied. Yeah, if it's, a, if it's gonna write real, it has to be real. <laughs> I'm so disappointed now. So in in that note. Okay, so do you shake this? Do you stir it with a bagel? There we go. With a bagel. <laughs> oh, I, like no, it. You, I like it. Do you shake it? Do you stir it? Do you uh, stir it with a baguette? A baguette. There we go. There we go. We're going to shake it with a baguette. So Ça, c'est bon. C'est bon, oui, oui. All right, so actually you're going to shake this, and then you're going to strain this uh, uh, into a sugar-rimmed coupe glass, and then garnish it with an orange twist. Yes, I know I didn't do the garnish, and I've gotten heckled for not doing garnish. He doesn't do the garnish for us. I know. you, no, pe- you peasants, you. Although, although, <laughs> although we're very appreciative of the free drinks. Yes. <laughs> it would be like giving somebody a car and doesn't have any gas in it. Yes. That's right. You know, here, or you get, borrow no, my car. Oh, no. The old days where you get a wallet, but it didn't have a dollar in it. Yeah. It's like, well, where's my dollar? What the hell? 
I don't oh, care about the free really? wallet. That's a thing you have to give when you give someone a wallet, you have to put a dollar in You put their first bill in there. That's right. Ah, you did not know that. Okay. Yes. No. It's the same good. thing when you give someone a piggy bank. I think you're supposed to put a coin in there. <gasps> I've never, ever, yep. ever got a piggy bank with it. I'm going to call my mother today <laughs> and have I've a discussion about this because I collect <laughs> piggy banks. Right. And they always came empty. Yeah. <laughs> I had to fill them all myself. Okay. It's just wrong. Oh, no. You got robbed. I gave oh. my daughter a piggy bank already, and it had nothing inside. Well, now you know. Next one you have to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought said, maybe I'll, I'm going to put a coin from the year she was born in her time capsule. Because okay. in the Wait, piggy bank, it's going to get lost. You have a time capsule? Well, Justin's making her a time capsule. He made no for his way. two first kids. There you go. So, Mark, if you had a time capsule to save for, like, you know, someone down the line, because you're like, okay, I'm going to die, and I want someone to retrieve this down the line and, and know about me and what I'm all about, what would be in the time capsule? Uh, like a vinyl record in there? Yeah, there'd be a, yeah, yeah, a record would be in there. Uh, probably a Batman comic and a bottle of rum. Oh, there you go. Paula, wow. What would I, be in your, your time capsule? I would have to think a whole lot more about that. <laughs> I don't like, know. No, you can't throw a question like that at me, no. Well, probably a jersey from my team. Okay. The team that I root for. Which is? Palmeiras. There you go. Palm trees. Oh, very cool. I would like that. Um, dude, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> what What reminds you of maybe a Coke? So mine would be, uh, I would have an iPod and it would have a Tiki playlist. An iPod that doesn't exist anymore? We have, we still have real-to-real recorders and eight tracks. Those those don't exist anymore, but someone can retrieve them. Okay. Uh, it says, yeah, it has to be like an iPod with like, say, Tiki music on it. It probably would have a Tiki tropical shirt in there. And then maybe like a shaker, a bar shaker or something. And then maybe something like sand, like a thing of a vase of beach sand or something. So beach, tiki, music, and bartending. All that. I don't know what defines me that much. I really don't know. Oh, now she has to think about it now. Huh. Here we go. Anyway, so the question I want to ask, also ask now. This is much easier. Okay. What did you think of the drink? Because I know when I told you when you went to go sip it, like there's a certain way you have to sip it, right? So yeah. explain to the listeners what you had to do. So here's the thing. The presentation, even without the garnish, is actually really nice because you used a, what's it called, glass? A sh- well, coupe glass, a first coupe of all. A coupe glass. And, and half of it Wish. on the rim, it, he, he put sugar. Mm-hmm. So it looks really cute. Like it's a very nice presentation. And, uh, and he told me to put my lip on the sugar so that when I drank it, it would mix in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it actually works really nice because it did exactly what he said. And the sugar kind of does uh, something with the drink that I like it. I can't really put my finger on what was happening, mm-hmm. but I liked it. So that's why I went in for the second sip also. Mm-hmm. And I made it a bigger sip. There we go. I made it an actual gulp. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, how about you? I liked it. And um, like I said, I had the sidecar before in the past, so I was hesitant to, uh, I don't think I've ever had one with cognac. I think it's been a uh, mm-hmm. modified and they used whiskey. Ah, okay. I and, can see that. Yep. And um, it wasn't as good. Oh, mm. there we go. Yeah, Once again, Craig's drinks rule. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think the cognac makes a big difference. And uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, waiting, and I'm, I... waiting, I'm sitting here. Where's my next one? <laughs> it's already, he's already had two already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, we have to give it to him. It is a tiny drink. It is. It's right? like it's, it's in a coupe glass. Super small. So you're basically looking at like three ounces. I can see how Mark could, ounces, could yeah. drink 60 of them. 
you know, <laughs> not have enough. Yeah, and, oh, and just find my way on. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what? Well, hi, the, hello. The, could you help me? Okay, See. if you were home. Welcome to Mark's Adventures. Oh, I thought it was going to be. Did you know? Oh. <laughs> Every time I did say you that know? Now. Every no, time I, I say that, she knows things like, oh, did you know it was going to be Mark's Adventures? <laughs> I don't. Well, I did not know Mark's Adventures either. So yeah. There we go. I don't know so, where his adventures today. It's like we don't know where he's going today. So, what bar are we talking about today, and where is it located? Uh, we are talking about the Kowloon. Kowloon, okay. And I also get to say poo poo platter a lot, which. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, there we go. Paula's favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> The Kowloon is located at the actual address is 948 Broadway, which is Route 1 in Saugus, Massachusetts, which is just north of Boston. Oh, it's like Boston. A, yeah, it's just a suburb, suburb just north. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things that we've noticed in our little planning, our little trips, you asked a while ago, how do we plan it? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of old sites now that are slowly, because they don't have all the software, yeah. going by the wayside. Yeah. A lot of the East Coast stuff, they don't have tiki bars per se but they have a lot of Chinese-American restaurants that are listed as tiki. Okay, so they started off as a Chinese restaurant, yeah, and then they just incorporated the Polynesian tiki drinks. Yeah. So it's still technically a Chinese restaurant. Then. It's still a Chinese restaurant but that has fancy drinks. Got it, okay. Right, but That's it had, so weird. Yeah, okay. well, they have all the, the decor inside and this kind of it's stuff. That's true. They would have the decor, yeah. Right, so yeah. it kind of makes it escapism. Right. So I don't know if in the 50s and 60s, this was the only escapism they had on the East Coast. Right. And uh, they just added the exotic, they already had the exotic food. Yeah. So if they just had the fancy drinks and up the decor, you have yourself escapism, Asian style go. as opposed to Polynesian stuff. So I have to ask this question. I just popped in my head. I mean, and I'm sure you guys have been there. So if you ever gone to, like, I think it's Mandarin, I'm, I'm thinking pretty sure it's Mandarin restaurants. What's with the fish in the pond? Is there a specific reason why that is? Because every, every time I go to a, like a sushi bar or I go to a Mandarin uh, restaurant, whatever, there's always a pond with orange and white fish. Like, yeah. Was there some sort of reason? I don't understand. I don't know why the they would fish? have fish. Is there some sort of symbolism to it? I don't understand. I have no idea of koi or anything. They're good luck or what? I have, have you no ever idea. noticed that, Paula? What? Like when you go to like a, a Mandarin or a sushi bar or whatever, there's always like a, some sort of water, uh, you know, waterfall or pond or something, and there's fish in there. Yeah. And it's like, the, I don't understand. Like, I, I would love to research it out exactly why that is. Yeah, we'll find out. Here we go. I'll try we'll, Googling it. Well, research. Like research. Why, why the restaurants have koi ponds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Google search. Yeah. I have Google. an answer. Okay. Oh. Apparently, koi fish um, is meant is the meaning of good fortune or lucky. Ah, also, like you said. They are also associated with perseverance and adversity and strength of purpose. So the koi fish symbolizes good luck, abundance, and perseverance. There we go. Oh, now we got our answer. Well, was that a good guess or what? You guessed on that. Really good. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. It's awesome. It might be like that little cat that the Chinese have with one hand up. Oh, that's yeah. so creepy. The cat. Oh, that. Yeah. And he can always uh, like swings. <laughs> he's always just looking at me. Uh, the, cat, the cat's creepy. <laughs> yeah. The cat's creepy. Just sits cat's there. creepy. It's a... It just sits there with these funny eyes. Oh, yeah. But the, the Chinese have a big thing with the cats. I know. Yeah, it's I know. like the Portuguese with the roosters. Oh, okay. They also have the, the lucky roosters. Oh, yeah. Hey, you they're... know what? So maybe we should do something, a segment that you can help out with our listeners to educate them on Brazil. I you know? know. Yeah, we could do that for sure. Okay. 
All I right. think our listeners would be excited to hear more information about oh, Brazil. Well, if if you guys want to, I can for there sure. There you go. All right, we'll do that. Okay, go ahead, there, Marquis. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so like a lot of the uh, tiki restaurants, these these places now are slowly disappearing. Yes. So I figured we'd get one. We've, you'll see here at the end that there's a reason for this. The uh, but I remember visiting my uncle down in the Boston area back then. Yeah. And uh, he was raving about this place, and they had the. The poo-poo platter. And of the course, here I, here I am, a kid, going, <laughs> poo-poo. And uh, so, yeah, so we went there, and sure enough, there was this great, it was a, actually, it was called the Pago Pago. It's gone now. And um, they wow. had this, uh, this flaming plate of goodness would come to the table with the pot in the middle with the flame. And, and, wow. uh, and all just, it was mostly finger foods. All right, so is yeah. this really a tiki bar or tiki? Well, like I said, it's like... This place here, like this with this uh, flaming poo-poo platters, which are awesome. And then when we are down in uh, Cape Cod, Hyannisport, there's a place there called Tiki Port. And Tiki we went Port. in there and it's, as far as I'm concerned, it was just a Chinese restaurant. But then they have all these scorpion bowls all yeah. piled up there. Okay. Right? And of course, we had a poo-poo platter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Had to. Had to. Right? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just. It's like having a Mai Tai. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a Mai Tai. Yeah. So it's a bunch mm-hmm. of appetizers and stuff. It's nothing like that. Just so you know, <laughs> I Googled poo-poo platter. Okay. And just so you know, I'm not the only one that thinks of a bunch of little poos on top, on top of a platter. Okay. There's full of, of Google images. There's the real thing, what you like eating. And then there's the ones that I imagine. Mm-hmm. It was like poo so, on a platter. I'm just happy I'm not the <laughs> oh, only one that thinks of a bunch of little poos on a platter. <laughs> yeah. Every time you say that. I'm, right. I'm wondering who's the ones who posted those. That's what I want to know. It's like, you know what I mean? I don't know, but they're there. Oh, God. Okay, so for all the <laughs> people out there, please don't Google poo-poo yeah, platter. <laughs> of course yeah. they are now. Yeah, well, they are oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So which brings us to the cow loop. Yes. yes. Okay. It's been a fixture in the Boston area literally for decades. Yes. It was originally opened in 1950. Woof. So wow. it's, it's been around. Yeah. yeah, yeah and it was a converted ice cream parlor. Okay. And with a restaurant that holds 40 to 50 people and was called the Mandarin House. Yes. Okay. In 1958, Madeline and William Bill Wong uh, bought the Mandarin House and changed the name to the Kowloon Restaurant and Lounge. Huh. By the way, the Kowloon was a uh, walled city over in Asia. Right, right. So there you go. So ah, so that's where, that's where the origin comes yeah, from. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Uh, and then began to add more rooms and more food mm-hmm. menus to the point where now they have a capacity of over 1,200 people. <gasps> that's insane. Is that, is that as big as the Mai Tai or smaller still? I that's think it's, it might actually be bigger. Oh, it's probably wow. bigger. It's bigger yeah. than the Mai Tai, yeah. Because the Mai yeah. Tai is massive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a whole city It looks city, like it would fit yeah. I mean, we, people. When we were there, it's like just, there's even tents out back where they're having events and stuff like that. So oh, my that's insane. Lord. Yeah. And the menu has, uh, the food menu has 300 items on it. 300? Holy. Well. Wow. If it fits 1,200 people. I know, but 300. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. see, because I work in a restaurant business, and they actually tell you, like, to try to always skew down your menu. Like, in other words, if you have too much stuff on there, yeah. it kind of obliterates. And then what ends up happening is that certain things will sell, but the, there'll be tons of things on the menu that will never sell because yeah. it's just overwhelming. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, so and that's like, crazy. It must be really hard to... Yeah, a restaurant like this is probably who suffered the most during COVID. Oh, can you imagine the size? You can always say, "Oh, yeah, we have a capacity of ten people. Uh, We sit twelve hundred. Yeah, ten people. What's the point? No, but (laughs) even if they were at half capacity, yeah, six hundred 
freaking people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's insane. Get, yeah. It's unbelievable. I can't even imagine. Plus, that. plus it's a, still a family business, third generation running. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, allegedly, yes, it is the highest grossing Chinese restaurant in the U.S. I can imagine twelve hundred people. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. And near Boston too, which is like, yeah, it's like it's hilarious. I like that. I like that. So your question is: Is it tiki? Uh, when you arrive at the place, there's the big A-frame structure out front. Yes. And there's this massive, giant, tiki wooden sculpture up over the entrance, about 30, 40 feet tall. Okay, so uh, it's some sort of carving or something. Yeah, yeah okay. just right. So it's like it's huge. Wow. And you go inside, there's all kinds of decor. There's a place that they got tiki mugs. So does that make a tiki? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. We're getting, getting there. there. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. tiki enough. Yeah, it's tiki enough. Yeah. Right? It's more tiki than some of the other places It's I've been more to. tiki than not. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I guess right. it counts. Yeah, and yep. the decor, the murals, lamps, all kinds of stuff. Uh, more Asian than tiki, but it's still yep. beach scenes, Polynesian scenes. And wow. uh, they have different rooms, the Volcano yep. Bay Room, the Mandarin Room, the Thai Grill, the Hong Kong Lounge, which is the restaurant. And of course, we sat in the Tiki Lagoon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Because we, we, we talked about that before in other restaurants, or sorry, other tiki bars. Like It seems like there's always... Different rooms, like different themed rooms everywhere you go. Yeah. Right? So, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we have to ask you about the food. So, well, what's the food like? Well, in 2004, it was it was listed as one of the very best Chinese wow. food restaurants in New England. Do you right. know that it's still open? Oh, yeah, it's still open. That's what we're getting to. Okay. So, you know, you have this ability to... Uh, read ahead in the script. <laughs> I did without, read without, ahead. Without, 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 without ever having read the script. It's, a, it's, it's, been, it's, it's yeah, very it's, cool how she does that. Yeah, I like I know. It. It's very good. It's, it's almost forecasting. Yeah. You should be doing weather. Where yeah. is this even written here? It's in his answer later. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. And then like the food. And as we saw, the menu's, menu is extensive. But for tiki people, once again, the flaming poo-poo platter. Here we go. You gotta That's have where it. you got to go. Yeah, and, and it comes there with all the big appetizers on there. Two massive, massive uh, ribs are on there, and uh, it was more than enough just for the two. Because like we yeah, we've talked about that before. It seems like it's like a lot of finger foods that Tiki does. Yeah, like I always I notice everywhere we we talk about is always ribs. Ribs seem to be like the staple to yeah. a Tiki thing. Yeah, um, I think that was Trader Vic there. He kind of perfected it with his Chinese ovens. Yeah, what was the quote you said that Trader Vic said? That he, yeah, uh, he said, it's great and you have a cocktail in one hand and a, a, a rib in the other. Right. It's nothing. Nothing better than that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, and then uh, the drinks? So what's, well, here's where we, you know, this get a bit of a letdown here. Oh. Uh, yeah, because, well, they do have an extensive menu. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a picture of it. You'll see they have all the classics, Mai Tai, Fog Cutter, Scorpion, Zombie, Blue Hawaiian. Oh. Other. Yes, you have your Blue Hawaiian. There you Aww. go. There, there you go. go. There oh, you go. she's already smiling already. There, there we go. go. So you have something to drink when you go there. Oh, there you go. To get disappointed again? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. No. This is not like Craig's drink. I'm yeah. I'm leaving. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were all okay. They weren't great. It's yes. not something you're gonna find in a um a craft tiki bar like some of the places we've talked. So, right. So it's more of a fantastic food than fantastic drinks. Yeah, they're okay drinks. Okay. Right. It's they're well, drinkable drinks. Yes, exactly. There was uh, yeah, when we sat at the bar afterwards, the uh, we noticed that the drinks are indeed batched. Now, batching drinks is necessarily a bad thing, as we saw with the alibi, yes. as we mentioned on a previous episode. Yes. Uh, however, the bartender didn't even know what was in the drinks. Right. Wow. And that's difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. 
I, I mean, he's else. just pouring something out uh, of a jug. Yeah, so if it's not made correctly, the batch is not made correctly or something, then yeah. you've got a problem there. Yeah. yeah, do you know which drinks have rum in it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> oh, I couldn't work in an environment. I would have to be like, uh, yeah. I need to know what's in this. I, I can't yeah. function. I don't know how to work this. So oh how, is he, how is he, who's mixing it then? Oh, there'd be somebody in the back who's got the recipe for the drink they probably had for 20 years, and they just batch it back there. Then they come out with their, their jugs, and... Uh, they would decant it into uh, smaller things uh, by the bar, and somebody would just pour out four ounces or whatever. And then, yeah, you know, that's I, crazy, right? I mean, yeah. the drinks were still okay. I yeah, mean, we still drank them and everything, but because uh, <laughs> Mark's like, "Well, I have yeah. to drink this for research." Yeah, I mean, the next <laughs> couple I'm gonna, of, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next couple of nights, we went to some different bars in Boston, and those drinks were just fabulous. There we go. So it's like, yeah. Right. So they're okay drinks, we were saying. Yes. They're okay drinks. Yeah. And it's got the atmosphere. I mean, for a lot of tiki people, it's more about the surroundings and the ambiance. Exactly. Yeah. Everything else. And it was fun while we were there. The place is packed and that kind of stuff. So there's some pictures. We went there early, as always. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, so we got some photos. They'll be up on the thing later. And you'll see it's what it's like when it's empty. There and, you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not with 1,200 people. Yeah. And uh, so, you'll be able to see, <laughs> so that way you can see some of the um, decor murals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I take it your, your hotel is like, as usual, a crawl away. Yes. There is a major chain restaurant literally within stumbling distance of it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so why are we talking about this bar in particular? Okay. As Paula uh, preempted here earlier, that's not the right word. As uh, premonitioned before earlier. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. It she was. For- she forecasted. Yes. It was reported that the Kowloon would soon be removed to make way for progress. Ah. And that the next generation doesn't want to be involved with the operations of the Kowloon. Oh, so if, they want to pass it down to their they, next generation. So it's generation. now the third generation. Right. And this generation goes, this is really, really, really hard work. Yeah. It's not easy running a restaurant. I can, yeah. I can vouch for that. Yeah. So you can imagine running yeah. a restaurant that big. And yeah. That long. That's huge. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame for all the local landmarks, the number of people that have been married there and all this kind of stuff over the years. Yeah. And uh, so this was a chance to talk about something before it was gone. Yeah. Unlike normally we talk about things that are gone. Yeah. Which, is, was, which is also a bit sad because yeah. most people right now, if you're not in the States, there's a low chance you're going to make it there to yeah. see it before it closes. Yeah. yeah. Also, Especially with all the COVID stuff. Yeah, like exactly. That, because I mean? of that. So, yeah. So there's a bit of reprieve though. Apparently the family came out and said that they've since recanted and say they're only currently looking at options. Uh, okay. But again, not yeah. at the present time, but, or the immediate future. That uh, probably okay. means that they didn't get an offer good enough yet. Well, they're yeah. looking to see if they have a big property that they're on. So they're looking at the options. And- I think we were talking about this, like off, off mic here, like, you know, that example, like you take my grandfather's generation where like, if you owned a business or example, like my grandfather was a fisherman, my dad also, but he had to become a fisherman. Like, it's like you, you do on weekends, you work with your dad and eventually you just kind of just either love it or you feel like you're obligated to take over the business. And yeah. I think that through generations have come up the way. So up to us, the generation we're in now is that the generations are like, no, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to run the business. I'd rather be something else. And, and one of the things we mentioned in the conversation was that, while they're working hard to run these restaurants, they're giving money to their kids so they can go to school. So they want to be, they also now they want to be lawyers and they want to be doctors and yeah. they're, they're better educated than we are. I so see, therefore yeah. them, it's like, I'd rather be a profession that I took in college than to do run a restaurant. Yeah. Nowadays, I think it's, it, we see less and less people wanting to 
follow the family business. Yeah. If it's not like a mega corporation, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like who's not going to want to work at a Nestle, let's say, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, for but, sure. Um, but yeah, I can, I can totally see how that would be even a burden for some families. What's well, probably a pressure on you. Cause your father has a passion for it. You can see it in his yeah. eyes and it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, now the only time I do see that now still to this day, I'll give you an example, a Italian restaurant, because you know, you go to that Italian restaurant and it'd be like, there'd be like a grandfather, the father and the son's working it. Yeah. And I think it's more because of their culture. It's more like, Hey, you're in Canada, you're Italian. You need to keep that culture alive and therefore run the restaurant. Yeah. Because in Italy, he would be running the restaurant. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So that's the mean. Italian restaurants don't close in Italy. No, exactly. Like they will literally (laughs) keep going and going. Yeah. Like I have been to restaurants in Italy that my dad was in it when he was little. Yeah. So there's some some cool uh, facts about uh, Mark's adventures and of course the uh, Kowloon. And uh, yeah, we'll also update his page. So you'll see pictures of the menu, pictures of the place, all kinds of information, links. If there's any links that we have for that. Did you know? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Depending uh, on... I bet you I knew. <laughs> <laughs> this segment's changing what, as we go along. What's, what's so the funny. theme of it? Right, Did you so know? The topic today is prohibition. So I probably did not. Okay, yeah. so you're not your expertise. No, no, okay, that's, I got no. You. that's not my... I got you. Unless you talked about it in the past, no, I probably did not. Yeah. That's right. So most of the information I actually got for this cool facts is out of a book called Last Call, and it's written by Daniel Oakrit. And uh, so we're going to put it on the cool links page there for you guys. It's a really cool read. It's not a hard read, because I don't like books that are hard read. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like a book that's got too much terminology, and they're just trying to use big words. So um, that, that I can't read big words. I just, I like an easy read. <laughs> that's too big for me. I, I, like, that's why I like, if you notice in my library, there's Dr. Seuss. So again, yeah. I have a, I like picture books with word balloons. That's, that's, that's where I go. Mark's like picture books. That's yeah. it. I need diagrams. That's right. Like, that's I go it. to Audible. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something. Okay. He did this whole episode based on the cool facts that he read in the book. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I know him well enough by now, he actually wanted to put the cool facts. And then I had to find a drink to go along with it. And then he found a drink to go <laughs> with it. Boy, she knows Am me I well. wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Justin, really like, Justin gets super pissed when I do that with no, him. No, but also too, but we didn't do a prohibition show in, in January because every year we usually do a prohibition show. And I'm like, oh my God, we didn't do one. The origin uh, of prohibition. Okay. Like how so it started. the cool facts. So what we're going to do is give you guys the origin of how prohibition started. Uh-huh. Okay, let's go through that fast. Okay. Okay, so it's going to be the two organizations we're going to talk about here is the WCTU and the ASL. Well, actually, we also which included the church, politicians, factory owners, and hey, even the KKK were part of this organizations. <laughs> Can I, I say know. something really funny? Sure, go <laughs> for it. Seriously, hold on. It's not. A... <laughs> so you know how here uh, you put like LOL for laughing out loud? Yeah, yeah. When you write it. Yeah. Or ha 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 ha. Yeah. And you write that. Yeah. In Brazil, you write K K K K K a bunch of K's. Like <laughs> So I'm reading here in the thing and it's like included church, politicians, factory owners. Oh my god. In my god. head it was you laughing the rest yeah. of it. And I'm no. like, what is he doing See, there? So that would make a really great segment if you had your own little Brazilian thing. There we go. Yes. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm looking thinking he's gonna laugh at the end of it 
<laughs> oh God. Uh, no. <laughs> it's like I swear to God. And if you go to the States, please don't say KKK because people are like, what? It's no. not funny. Like, seriously, I was here waiting for him to laugh. And then he's uh, like, and the KKK. That is funny. In a way. What? In a way. That is, was yeah. so disappointing. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Okay, so are you going to tell me what WCTU and ASL are? All right, so WCTU is the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which was created by Francis Willard in 1874. And actually how it started was that the women would actually go in front of the saloons and kneel down in front and pray for the men inside, which Why? would totally creep them out. So what ended up happening was that these women got together because what they were, they were housewives and they were realizing that their husbands were like going to work. Then they go to the saloon, they get drunk, they hmm. might come home, they might come home. So, uh, so WCTU they, is literally desperate housewives. <laughs> I guess today's version of it. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's desperate anyway, housewives. So what it was that, well, with them and the church, they realized that the family unit was declining. It was, it was being destroyed in the process. Because, because of booze. Because of booze. <gasps> Because these men would come home and then they'd be verbally abusive. They maybe they were, you know, pass out or they weren't spending time with their families, uh, might even be physically abusive. Of course. And so they were just like, that's it. We're done with this. And so they organized this uh, organization and basically were fighting against, uh, well, women to vote. That was one of the things they wanted to do. Obviously, stop alcohol or drinking, close saloons, right? And uh, yeah, so basically, and find some ways that their family unit can come back together, be it be church or whatever it was. That is super modern for the right. date of this. Like 1874, for 1874. Exactly, yeah. like, That is so much like women had zero rights back then still. Yeah, right. Exactly. They didn't even have the right to vote. Exactly. And that was until later. And they're doing all that. Exactly. Wow. Well, they could have started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what? They weren't allowed in the saloons. <laughs> but yeah, they could have drank at home, I guess. All right. Tommy, go take care of yourself. I gotta go have a little nap. That's right. <laughs> it's like, Cook your own food. <laughs> Cook your own food. Wash your own clothes. There we go. <laughs> Jeez. You, you got the, uh, the WTCU. So what does ASL stand for? So the ASL is the Anti Saloon League. Isn't that not kind of a cool yeah, logo? That is not. Anti Saloon really? League. Anti Saloon no League. Yeah, the Anti Saloon League. Anti Saloon League. The Anti Saloon League. Hi, we're from the Anti Saloon League. There is, that, is that name of a band or something? <laughs> that would be a, great a rock band. band. All right, featured tonight at the Madison Square Gardens, Anti the Anti Saloon League. League ASL, uh, followed by Kiss. There we go. <laughs> anyway, it was created by Wayne Wheeler, uh, who was uh, actually more aiming towards focusing on getting rid of alcohol together and use a, more of a political power and influence on senators and governors to make things happen. So in other words, he wasn't caring about women's rights. He wasn't caring about the family unit. He wasn't caring about church. He's more about like, no, I just want alcohol to stop altogether. And so he would do is he actually would also focus on immigration coming to the States. So what it is is that say the Germans would come over on the boats coming to the States. And at that time, obviously, you know, America was growing and flourishing from all these immigrants coming from different parts of the world. And they would bring all their own, cultures with them so the germans would bring beer and how to brew beer you had scottish and irish guys bringing over whiskey and how the the techniques of how to make whiskey and so he saw that as a weakness for the new usa you know american traditions is that these guys are basically the, the problem they were the problem because that's where alcoholism came from from all these european countries and they brought it over to the, to the states and this is one of the things that i want to focus on 
And also, too, what he would do is that all these immigrants were coming off the boat. He would actually influence them right away. So he'd fresh to, off the boat. Fresh off the boat. So basically, you walk off the boat, and you're like, oh, I'm in America. And these people would be there with pamphlets. Don't drink. And say, in America. You know what? In America, we don't drink here. We don't. It's, it's the coolest thing to do is not to drink, that, we, you know, that we, we have a healthy, free life here, and that alcohol is not, not a cool way to go. So you the turn guy. around and go back on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> the guy arrives drunk already, right? So we, the boat. Well, it's funny because then what you would see in these docks is you go down a strip of bars, and it'd be like an Irish bar, a... You know, an English bar, a French bar, like all these different cultures, and there'd be a different bar specifically for those different cultures. How long did the prohibition stay in? So it started in 1920, and it went all the way to 1933, so 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Exactly, yes. So was there anything else that helped the cause? So the things that might have helped prohibition to the point where actually it did come into play was World War One. Wait. So World once st helped start prohibition. Start prohibition, huh. exactly. So what ended up happens is that we saw that with World One that the anti-German protests started in the states. So things like the brewers and the beer companies also were not, um, you know, the general public were frowning down on them and would not buy their products. So, example, there was a lot of things that were changed. So. Um, What's the, not horseradish, but... Uh, sauerkraut? Sauerkraut. So sauerkraut became Liberty Kraut. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Freedom Fries. Yeah, exactly. Freedom Fries, <laughs> Liberty Kraut, all these things. So certain names, even street names were actually were changed because of German, the anti-German protests. And so that also helped the ACL rally for prohibition. So the problem is that the alcohol generated taxes in the country. So they were saying 40% of the, the taxes that the government uses to run the government was basically uh, used or came from or produced by alcohol. So the problem was, well, if we get rid of alcohol, then we're going to be poor. Like the country won't be able to run. So they, what it is is that Wayne Wheeler made it possible with the 16th Amendment income tax. So as soon as income tax came into play on the 16th Amendment, now he's like, well, there's no excuse now. We're getting taxes for, to run the government. We don't need the alcohol. We see all the problems that's going on. And so therefore, that's when the 18th Amendment came into play. Wow. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I was just reading there that the uh, uh, you're talking about the German uh, protests. Yes. The uh, town of Kitchener, Ontario. Yes. Was originally called Berlin. Exactly. So and they, they had changed the name. They changed it in uh, 1916 or something. Yeah, because of the anti-German protests. Wow. There you go. But yeah, if you go down there at Kitchener during Oktoberfest, it is like one of the best places to go for Oktoberfest. It's amazing. We have that in Brazil too. Uh, uh, Oktoberfest? Yes. Ah. Because we know. have a huge German community. No. Oh, yes. Now, that's right. I remember in the our south reading. of Brazil. Yes. Mark, do you know why there's a whole huge German culture in, in Brazil? Yeah, it was the end of World War II. Right. So a lot of those guys <laughs> that were like the German uh, leaders and lieutenants and captains fleed the country and went to Brazil. Yeah. And we also have the biggest Japanese community outside of Japan. Oh wow! And we also have the big Jew, the biggest Jewish community outside of, of Jerusalem. I wonder why that is. I think everyone fleed there. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to flee a country, Brazil's the place to go. Because we also have <laughs> the it, biggest, yeah. the biggest uh, yeah. Italian community outside of Italy. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I did not know. We are a very diverse country. That would have made a really great segment if you had your own spot on the show. <laughs> yeah. I love how Mark's like plugging it away. This Wheeler guy. How did he possibly make this? act work 
So what it is is that he would write the law, and so he would make sure that the words were very correctly in defining intoxication, because he knew that if he was very vague about the act, there'd be too much interpretation and too much way of breaking the law. The problem is that no matter how many ways you make it wordy and defined, there's still loopholes. So the loopholes we had example were that the doctor, okay, could prescribe you alcohol. I have a headache. No problem. Drink some whiskey and you'll be fine. It's like today with pot. Yeah. Oh, I have a headache. Take some pot and you're good to go. Right? Possession prior to the act. So what it was is like, okay, well, the act's coming out in 1920. The act, the Prohibition Act came out in 1919. So in other words, they gave everyone a year warning. Like in a year from now, this is going to happen. Well, in that year, all these guys were stockpiled. Even the president of the United States stockpiled a massive seller of alcohol so then he can get through prohibition. So in other words, like, I'm going to not protest it. I'm going to enforce it. But I have a cellar full of like 400 bottles of alcohol. I Wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Like, hey. Wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Stockpile? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stockpile. Yeah. For even, sure. Even I would do that to, to resell later. Exactly. Um, industrial alcohol. So those are the things that was not included in the act and they didn't think about was industrial alcohol, which is used for machineries and factories. Well, some people are just like, well, it's got alcohol. I can drink it. So then the government went like, well, now what we need to do is we need to find some way that to discourage this because it's not part of the act, but people are still doing it. And so what they would do is they actually would taint, we put something into the industrial alcohol so it was undrinkable. The problem was is that then eventually someone figured out exactly what they were doing and was able to reverse it. Uh, coastal limitations. So the international waters. We've talked about Mr. William McCoy, the real McCoy. So example, he was bringing in rum from the Caribbeans and Jamaica and all this stuff. Uh, up to the States. And again, wasn't breaking any laws because his boat was would sit on the international water line and therefore he wasn't breaking any laws. But yeah, he was able to transport rum to all of the states. Yeah. So there's some information about prohibition, some cool facts. Yes, and, and we thank God that it's not here anymore. Anyway, so let's say everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca or .com. There we go. And on that main page, you will see all the information to this podcast and uh, episode and also the recipes to it. She's fondling my plant over there. Leave me alone. She's with like the molesting plant. my plant over there. Yes, I'm molesting it. <laughs> I don't have a plant. <laughs> You want That's this why one? I, I can't reach. That I can push it. You can't reach. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we also will have uh, an update on Mark's page of the uh, Cal- what's it? the Kowloon. The Kowloon. There mm-hmm. we go. The Kowloon. We'll have all the information on there. Some pictures on there for you as well. There's a picture of a poo poo platter. There you go. <laughs> a poo poo platter. Paula's favorite. Her tongue is out. She's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know what I want to see? I want to see us go all to a tiki bar, and we're gonna make sure that she in. She's the one who orders the food and that she has to order the poo-poo platter. Because I want to see her face when you she tells the waiter, me. go, uh, yes, we would like the poo-poo platter, please. The waiter's going to be fine because she probably does that every day, Bring someone a poo-poo. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to see it and me and Mark are going to giggle and laugh because we know the joke. <laughs> I would not say it. I don't think I could. I don't think I could order it. And I would probably just uh, not be able she to do? even she, watch him order it. No, you know what she's going to do? She's going to cheat. She's going to point to the menu and go, we'll get this. <laughs> no, we, we would order it for her. That's right. We this, would like the poo-poo platter, this, please. This, this gentleman over here just ordered you a poo-poo platter. 
Enjoy. <laughs> and we'll tell her make sure she giggles at the end of it. Yeah. Exactly. Call me. No, the waiter. Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be good. Oh. Yeah, it's gonna. We're gonna make sure that happens for sure. Meow. There we go. So, anyways, yes. <laughs> it's, oh my god. Uh, also, do we have an episode page, a recipe page? Yes, it's easy to navigate through those. They're very popular, especially during the summertime when you're looking for some tiki cocktails. Very easy to go through there. We also do have our subscribe page, so please do subscribe. Please. Yes. Please, 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 please. You guys can fund our road trip, so when COVID's over, we can actually go off and maybe have some drinks somewhere and order the poo-poo platter. <laughs> Here we go. I'm sure people can't wait to fund our road <laughs> That's right, trip. Yeah. That's right. Fund our road trip so we can go have the poo-poo platter. Yeah. Flaming poo-poo platter to go, please. We would have to film <laughs> that right. at least to be worth Oh, you know, I would film it money. all right. Yeah, for sure. It's, Funding. It's, there we go. Yes, for sure. You want entertainment. Fund there we go. Our road trip. Watch Paula eat the poo poo platter. Ew. There we go. And yes, also we talked about cool links because the research that I did for the prohibition. It's a book called Last Call. It's all gonna be on that page as well. A really good read if you're into that. And also too, I think that's it. So we're gonna make some drinks here because I know Mark is like totally out of drinks. I'm dry. He's dry. He's, he's mm. not driving, so don't panic. Uh, Paula's driving for he's him. He's dry, and I'm driving. She's a Uber driver today. Yeah. 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 Uber drinks. And sorry, she's an Uber drinks. I'm the Uber drinks, and she's an Uber driver. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. How was her? By the way, if you were going to rate her on her, you know, if you were like say she's an Uber driver and you're the Uber passenger, guess, passenger, how would you rate her? She's a five. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Did she or did she offer any candy to you or drinks or Dude, water? Dude, I bring I bring him to the drinks. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. true. She's true. That's right. He there doesn't even have to tell me where he wants to go. He just like right to Craig's house, and there we go. We're yeah. dropping it off. And yeah. and he just told me to switch lanes once. <laughs> so he's like gps <laughs> i am there i don't go. know what it stands for but there <laughs> global positioning wow system system or satellite yeah or there you like go that. oh my gosh she even knows that wow i was um, gonna make something up that's why i did <laughs> oh, okay but it's probably that yeah, logo okay. poo poo platter yeah, yeah. <laughs> <System>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Here we go. There we go, folks. We're going to go off and make some drinks. Thank you for listening. Stay right. tuned to the next show. Aloha. Bye. Here we go. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Yeah. He just doesn't say on take one. We talked about this. He, no, he says we don't want people to know this. Exactly, is take one or two. but like that—that that would be the only way to spoil it more. Even worse, because like what they do two takes? Those guys? I did not know that. <laughs> I hope you put this in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs>